This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is the Women's Refuge program. It's my pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Julie Hart from the Women's Refuge right here in Hawke's Bay. How are you going, Julie? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, today we're here to talk about... the well, First of all, we're going to talk about what is 111. We're going to talk about uh, shielded sites. We're going to talk a little bit about COVID. But before we get there, just remind our listeners, um, as far as the Women's Refuge goes, COVID or not, in business 24 hours a day. Yep, absolutely. Still the easiest way to get hold of us is 0800 Refuge. Uh, if somebody does ring us, we will run them through the COVID questioning. You know, have yes. you got flu-like symptoms? Are you waiting on a test? Those kinds of things. Women uh, do not have to be vaccinated to mm-hmm. come into the refuge. We wouldn't refuse anyone's service because of their vax status. Um, and of course, if somebody in the house was to get COVID, they would become their own bubble and yes. have to isolate as an entire house but apart from that what we all have to try and live with nowadays yeah um, yeah business as usual absolutely is that um covid um the double vaccine do you think that might put people off maybe coming around because i think oh, i can't go there because i'm not vaccinated um i picked up a woman recently and of course i asked her the covid questions flu-like symptoms mm. and she suddenly sort of froze her eyes got wider she goes oh, i'm not vaxxed mm. and i said doesn't matter it's yeah, okay and she great. was very relieved but she hadn't even considered it before giving us a call and they don't need to don't yeah, need to consider that's great. it yeah that's it so just pick up the phone and uh, normally we would be suggesting to people that if it's very dangerous you dial 111 but not quite as simple as it sounds apparently no, I, what made me think that it's it's timely to have a discussion around this is I met a woman recently who called Refuge for Services. She'd never called us before, and she'd also never called 111 before. And I asked her, you know, why was that? She says, oh, because I don't like the process that's going to happen if I do. And I said, well, what do you think the process is? She said, oh, I don't actually know. Mm. But yeah. a lot of things are based on American television. Yes, <laughs> you know, that's true. We watch somebody ring 911 and then all of a sudden there's sirens and guns blazing and all that <laughs> kind of thing. And, of course, that's far from our reality um, here in New Zealand. Um, but a lot of people not even don't even realise that calling 111 from your cell phone, you do not need to have data and you don't mm. need to have any credit. You can make an emergency call even though it is a cell phone with perhaps no credit on it. And also, I know when I was a child, I don't know about you, Ken, but we had lessons at school on how to ring 111. If something happened, you picked up the landline and you rung 111. Um, I wonder if our children today are being taught, because often mum and dad's cell phone will have a lock on it. It Mm. could be a PIN number, it could be a fingerprint. Are we teaching the children that, again, in an emergency, there is a button on the very first screen that pops up that allows you to ring 111, regardless of the phone's status. I didn't know that. Mm. So, yep, you open up your phone, yeah. and it'll say emergency calls only. I'm going to have a look when you leave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can hit that, and it will dial 111 for you. So it's free, no need for credit, um, and I do encourage people to teach their children how to make that call and, and, and how to, when to do it appropriately. Of course, we don't want kids suddenly discovering no, sure. that, crack oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I can get someone to talk to me at the end of the line if I just press this button. Uh, and I know my daughter, when she was younger, and I did the same thing, taught her how to phone 111, and um, she thought it would be funny while mum was in the shower to ring 111, and she didn't realise the policeman had an ability to ring her back oh. and <laughs> ask true. for her mother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the police deal with it the best way they can, or ambulance and fire, whoever is 
on the other end. Um, but if you need the police, if it's an emergency, it's really important that you phone 111 for your safety and the safety of perhaps your children or others around you. But people get this idea that the police cars come screaming down the road, mm. there's sirens, there's lights, all the neighbours are looking, um, the police are going to burst through the door, throw someone on the ground and handcuff them. Um, and I must say, you know, back when I first started in, in refuge 150 years ago, that is kind of what it looked like. But not today. It's about making people safe. So if you ring um, 111 or even if you ring the family harm team directly, they're going to talk you through what's going on and look at the best way to help. Um, if you are looking to ask the police for help, I think 105, the 105 line, yes. is your better option. You can talk to the family harm team and say, look, um, this incident happened last night. I'm concerned that he's, his behaviour or the violent person's behaviour is escalating mm. and I just don't know what to do. And they'll have a conversation with you. They'll talk about safety. They'll talk about um, safety planning, how to get out of the house, um, you know, how to get to a neighbour if your phone's been removed from you, how to get help. Um, they're much more likely to come and sit and have a cup of coffee with you nowadays yeah. than they are to burst through your door. Do you think that more people should react to the threat of harm rather than wait till actual harm has happened? Absolutely. Domestic violence is about power and control. And what happens early on in a relationship is the abusive person starts testing. So they don't go after week one and mm. punch you in the face, mm. but they start isolating you from your family, for example. And often we'd, we're blind to it mm. because it's disguised as love. You know, oh, are you really going to see your family on Friday night? I was so ha happy we could, hoping mm. we could, you know, sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Um, and then slowly that person finds themselves not seeing their family. Mm. It's a very, um, very slow process often. So there's lots of warning signs prior to the first fist being raised yep. or, or bad words being said. Um, and one of my, my desires is to try and teach people what those signs look like, particularly with teenagers, because mm. it does look just like love to start with. What's, at what stage of that conditioning process would you recommend that uh, either one, people maybe come see you for help, or two, at what stage would you ring one one? Early, early in the process? or um, What I'd really like people to do is learn about family harm, family violence, before the relationship even before the introduction even mm. happens. I know I'm skilled because, of course, I've worked for Refuge yes. for a long time, but when I got together with a partner, um, first things I say is, was there any, ever any violence in your home? Mm. Was your dad ever violent? Because that can be an indicator as to whether this person may repeat that cycle. It's not doomed to, no. of course. But to learn to recognise my husband when I, we first got together... I'd receive a phone call and he would say, oh, who was that on the phone? Mm. And I'd go, none of your business, it was my phone call. And he'd go, oh, okay. Now, if he'd have gone, no, who was on the phone, mm. that's a huge red flag. flag. Yep, yeah, that's a red flag um, that um, coercion and control is going to, is starting to come into this relationship. 
I wonder, though, that you've lived it and you've seen it hundreds of times in your career, which is a, a long career in, in the refuge. And what you say makes so much sense and sounds so easy to do, but not many people would have a checklist to run past their prospective partner and say, I just want to ask you a few questions yes, before yes. we Are we you get medicated? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it would the best outcome possible is to get into schools, into sort of late primary, intermediate age, mm. and teach these things then we don't want anyone to think that life is is all doom and gloom mm. um, and it would be best if we're actually teaching our young ones to not be violent rather than Indeed. how to spot the violent person of course um, some of the other things around ringing 111 is if so if you were in the middle of your partner as being abusive and you managed to dial 111 on your phone, but he's now come into the room, and so I don't want to speak because he'll hear me on the phone mm. to police and he's likely to, to react physically violently. Police now have in place, and it's only been in place for sort of the last six months, that if you ring 111 and you don't speak, the operator will automatically put you through to police. Mm. It'll go to an automated um, voice message that says... If you can't speak and need help, a message like that, mm-hmm. press 5-5 um, five, five on your phone. So you press 5-5 five, five, and then it automatically tells police that you need them and you need them mm-hmm. You need them now. For whatever reason, you can't talk. They will assume it's because you're in danger and they will dispatch a service to you. If you're ringing from a landline, it's a similar process except on the landline it can, it'll tell you press any number. Yeah. Uh, but that service is there, so if it is unsafe to speak, and during COVID times when you are locked in lockdown or isolated um, and you are stuck in the home with the abusive person, to remember to wait for the recording and press 5-5, and that will tell you tell the police that you need their help. What happens if you're in triple one and you don't speak at all or do 5-5? Would they react to that? Um, so from what I understand, it plays the automated message um, twice. Mm-hmm. If there's no response from there, it then does disconnect the call. Um, so that's why I'd like people to know in advance yes. that they're going to need to press 5-5. So anybody who is um, precious and important in your lives, people, tell them about the no-speak one-on-one calls, wait for the recorded message and press 5-5. Now, in your experience, uh, and I know that we often hear that the police are flat out like lizards drinking, there's not enough staff um, on board. Um, is the reaction prompt, very prompt? Um, police, of course, are like any workforce, it's limited. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got um, half your staff are on annual leave or sick, it is harder for the police to get a car to you. But they have a priority system. Mm. So if the priority is that you are in danger, absolutely you're up the top of the list there. If some other 111 caller was phoning to say they got burgled last night, they of course drop down on sure. the priority list. And nowadays of course we're encouraged to ring um, 10-5. So police don't have endless resources, but they do their absolute best to prioritise and get cars to where they need to be with trained officers who can deal mm. with whatever situation's coming up. Uh, as for refuge, we've got our phones going uh, 24-7, but of course if, if Mrs Smith happens to ring me right this minute and Mrs Brown happens to ring me at that exact same minute, it's a little bit more difficult yeah. because Mrs Brown is going to get an answer phone. We always aim to um, respond to any calls within an hour. 
So if Mrs. Brown gets that straight to voice message because we're already on the line, she just needs to leave a message and we can call her back. Mm. Even if that message is, um, I need you to ring 111, here's my address. Yes. We will get to it as quickly as we can. Um, but of course, if you are in danger, your call should be going to 111, yeah. not to refuge. Statistically speaking, do you have figures on how many people have come through the refuge as a result of making the 111 call? Would it be most of them? Um, no, in fact, it's probably the smaller amount because really? most victims of violence do not report it. Mm. The police often um, talk about it only being 16%. Oh. Usually, depending on who you're talking to, 16 to 20% mm. is actually reported. So that's a whole 80 to 84% that have just do not result in a 111 call being made. Some people, it is their upbringing. They've been brought up where you don't knock, no. you don't call the police, the police are your enemy, they are horrible people. Um, and I get that if that's been ingrained into mm, you as a child. Of but refuge isn't police, by all means, ring us. If you ring us and we think you're in danger, we're going to call 111 mm. and send the police to you. You can at least then say to the abuser, I didn't do it, mm. Juliet Refuge did it. Yeah. You know, let him be angry at me, not her. But we we aren't the police. We, If you want to ring and say, look, I don't know, it's just he's been raising his voice at me lately, mm. that's okay. We can have a conversation. I'd much rather you rung at that point than when you're ringing to say he's knocked my teeth out. Yeah. That's a good point that you raise that uh, there's probably no one that I know at the moment who isn't stressing out um, because everything's COVID, 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 and you know, life seems to be taking forever to get back to normal. And it could be that you know, someone raises his voice, I don't know, once, twice, and think, oh, well, yeah, they're stressed out. But again, at what point do you think, hang on, this is going to be you? Yeah, and it, with domestic violence, it becomes a pattern. Mm. Um, so like I say, in the beginning of a relationship, it's very subtle. It might upset might happen you know just two months later it's the next upset Mm. the next event there's no way of telling and no two relationships are the same it's often a long way into the relationship before that light bulb goes on to like actually it's not my fault Mm. he's actually just not a nice person then when people call they're embarrassed because it's like well we've been together three years and he started yelling at me two years ago Mm. That's that's totally normal. Yeah. It is absolutely normal. But if people can make the phone call to us earlier, um, we can help with those better outcomes. What also happens is when someone's been in an abusive relationship, uh, it might take them a long time to recognise it. They get out of that relationship. Life goes on. They get into another relationship. They're more. They've got more tools and they're more equipped. Mm to notice the behaviour quicker. Mm. So then they think, oh, look at me, how stupid am I? I've left one abusive person. I've come into this relationship with another one. No, you're not stupid. No, you liked been... somebody and they turn out to be an abusive person as well. We're not here to judge nobody. You can be ringing us for the first time or the 101st time. Mm. It do- makes no difference to us. Can you ring, um, that's a great point, can you ring the refuge at any time? Not necessarily to come to the refuge, but just for advice. Yeah, most people who phone refuge never come into a safe house. Mm. The safe house is the is the least part of the service we provide. Um, and like I say, even if it's to just say, he made me feel stupid at the party last night, um, that's okay. That's, mm. that's a starting point and we'll work through it. I had a woman ring me one time and she said, oh, I'm really concerned about my sister. Um, her and her partner were driving in the car. I, don't, I can't remember now, but say they were going from Hastings mm. to Auckland. Somewhere along the line, 
uh, there was an argument in the car and he reached across the car while he was driving and punched her in the head. And her sister was really concerned because this guy's lovely and he's never done anything like this before. And when I said to her, so have you ever seen him give her a dirty look? Oh, yep. Have you ever seen him clench his teeth? Uh, Oh, yeah. And when we talked through it, she Mm. realised... He had been abusing her sister all along. He's got all the signs. But nobody recognised it until it was an actual physical assault. When should someone step in? I mean, that's a good example that um, the sister had recognised these signs without knowing that they were signs, but when, when is it our responsibility to step in? Um, and it is a hard one when it's somebody you love, your sister, your, mm. your auntie, your friend, your neighbour, your work colleague. It is a difficult one. And often it's the approach... To it, it might be like I say, it's a work colleague. Just subtly leave safety plan pamphlets lying around on the at the break room, mm. um, that kind of thing. If you do have the relationship, where you can say, "Hey, look, I've really noticed that um, things haven't been going well for you for the last couple of weeks. Are you safe at home?" If they don't want you to know, they're going to lie to you. Mm. They're going to say, "Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine." But you follow it up with saying, you know, because if things weren't right, you know you can always ring the refuge, eh? Mm. Just little things like that. For those out there listening that, that have been smokers and the doctor has had the, you know, you need to address your smoking conversation, and we lie. Mm. I'm a smoker. doctor says, so, you know, how many smokes are you having a day now? Oh, I'm down to about five. That's rubbish. I am lying to him. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> I am lying to him because I'm not ready to talk about it and to do anything about it. But when I have given up smoking, who's the first person I get hold of is the medical centre yep. to say, oh, you know those quit line numbers that you were talking to me about? Can you remind me what they are? Yeah. So if they're not ready, they will simply lie to you. But again, if you think your friend is in danger, you've gone to pick her up for work in the morning and you can hear um, someone being abusive, ring 111, yeah. don't hesitate. I saw a really great YouTube, but it wasn't really great. It was, uh, it was very sobering, in fact. And it was a woman who was obviously in an abusive relationship, and her and the abusive partner had to take their dog to the vet. Mm-hmm. You may have seen it. Uh, I believe it was an American. And uh, anyway, the woman went to the counter, and she put her hand over the counter, and she dropped something onto the um, desk, and they then got called into to see the vet with the dog and the woman unfurled this little note which was please help me mm-hmm. and next thing you know the place was full of cops yeah and that little message um obviously was a great relief for that woman because he was taken away yeah and i have seen that and it, w- it is like you say it's a great bit of footage mm. that the vet clinic recognized what mm. it was took it seriously because it just takes a second yeah, absolutely. To think, oh no that can't that can't be right i know that guy mm, he's yeah. lovely you know, all those things go through our head, but they took it seriously and they acted appropriately and got her to safety. Um, there was Another thing I was asked about the other day is in America for a while there, they were using this thing where you drew a black um, dot on your hand, on the palm of your hand, mm. and if you needed help, if you went into a shop or anywhere like that, you opened your hand and showed the black dot mm. and that would tell people, wow. can you ring 111 for me? When they came up with this idea, great, sounded like a great thing to do. Unfortunately, abusers also get to know Mm. what that means, and then it actually puts them in a position of being unsafe. Um, So so to drop a piece of paper like that, perfect. And in fact, for her to have the forethought Mm. to do that uh, is amazing. I've worked with a woman who she often um, 
would try and commit suicide on Panadol. And she'd been in and out of the emergency room on, on overdosing on Panadol. And she, they rang the refuge one time and said, I think you need to come and talk with this woman. And I said to her, can I ask why you overdose on Panadol? Because you know you don't take enough to actually do any harm. Mm. And she said, it's the only way I can get out of the house. Wow. She downs the Panadol, rings 111, and ambulance comes and takes her away. Mm. So even over years, the medical clinics, hospitals, have learnt to read these things for what they are. The mother who comes to A&E at 3 o'clock in the morning needing an inhaler for their child. Mm. And it's like, why are you here at 3 o'clock in the morning? Why didn't you organise this last year with your GP? Uh, last week, rather. They're starting to realise, actually, she's come here because help. here is safe. Yeah. So now they say, are you safe at home? Mm. Yeah. Well, look, we're just about out of time, and we wanted to have a quick chat about uh, places that we can look on the web. They're called shielded sites. What are they? Mm-hmm. Um, so shielded site, if you go onto a website, and, and the easiest one for me to tell you about is the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Go to the warehouse. If you scroll right down the bottom of their page, there's a little green emblem that is a computer screen, and half the screen is shaded out by the green, mm-hmm. and the other half is clear. These are called shielded sites. Now, if you want to get some help, you can just go onto the warehouse site. You can click on that link, and it will take you through. I think there's about six different options on there. It'll, if you click "I'm in danger," mm. it'll open up, tell you to ring one one one. If you click um, "I'd like to get help," it'll put you through to a live chat where you can actually, in real time, uh, text chat to somebody on the other end who is a trained person. Um, and other information like online safety, making a plan, all those kinds of things. The thing is that when you back out of there, it leaves no trace on your computer. Mm. So your partner can't come in and look at the history, see where you've been today. Mm. He'll think you've been looking at the warehouse. Uh, so it, it, it's to help keep you safe. Also, if you go onto some web pages, they'll have quick exit or hide my visit buttons. Mm. Same kind of thing, the quick exit. If you go to our website page, for example, familyvip.org.nz, you go quick exit, it takes you to the warehouse page. So if someone walks in behind Mm. you, you hit quick exit. Again, looks like you're shopping at the warehouse. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I encourage people to have a look around. It's on many websites, Trade Me, The Warehouse, Countdown, Z, ASB Bank, most government departments, Mighty Ape, you know, mm, yeah. all sorts of websites. Imagine having to live like that. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, technology has created mm. this, and we could do a whole other show. In fact, we probably have or probably will mm. on keeping yourself safe online and your cell phone um, to prevent yourself from being tracked. Absolutely. Good on you, Julie. Uh, my pleasure to talk with you, as always. Just remind our listeners before you go, if we need to get hold of uh, the refuge, what's the best way to do that? Easy as 0800 Refuge, and that doesn't matter where you are in the country. My pleasure, as always. You look after yourself. Talk to the same time, same place next month. Cheers. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.